To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. You trying to get crazy with this, see? Don't you know I'm local? Jay here, positivesarcasm.com, Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm, Twitter at POS sarcasm. Although I find, have to admit that I'm not, I'm on there a lot, but I don't know what to do with it anymore. But you can find me on all three of those major social media platforms. You can also find me on Twitch, streaming every podcast episode live, live. Twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can also find me on LinkedIn too. I don't think it'd be fine to be on LinkedIn. But still, I'm on there. Find me on all social media. If you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Click on the donate button. It's great. PayPalME dot slash positive sarcasm. That's all there too. I uh, appreciate you guys joining us. Appreciate you sticking with me. Um, yeah. So uh, first things first, before we get to the movie reviews, before we get to my thoughts on um, today's podcast, I have a review of Annihilation with Natalie Portman, a review of Pulgasari, which is a North Korean movie. Yes, they do make them. Uh, a, a review of, the, of a childhood favorite of mine, The Last Starfighter. And let's see. I also watched something on, that, on a Half-Life do- documentary about a video game called Half-Life. I might get into that too. Um, my thoughts on Jordan Peterson. We'll get to that towards the end. The Garlic and Oil Method, which is a way to make pasta or any other flavorful foods. Um, we're going to talk about, there was a, uh, something I said to, um, my friend Turcott of Polkin Productions, uh, regarding, it was a quick throwaway line I said about, um, our current political culture. And, uh, I wanted to elaborate, I actually called him. We'll get to that in a second. Um, a couple weeks back, uh, one of my, let's see. Yeah. A couple weeks back, you can tell I'm already ripping through the coffee. So, um, Mm. This week's blend, though, is a mixture between Sumatra decaf, uh, which tastes like old razor blades, and, of course, my one of my favorites, which is Cafe Bustelo, which is very finely grained, for perfect for an espresso, but comes from Miami. Uh, it's, it's just a perfect home blend. It really, really is. It does, and it crushes easily in a French press. There was an article... Um, my friend John Morton, a.k.a. Mr. Monotone, you've heard him in older podcasts, He's uh, he sent me an article regarding, I did an episode, it was week 62, so that's almost a year ago, I did an episode about the homeless population in the state of New Hampshire, it was, it was growing, it was becoming more noticeable, it was becoming more annoying, okay? My thoughts on the, on the homeless have been made quite clear, um, and to elaborate further, I did a seven-minute rant back it was week 62 of my vlog and go and check that out it's called shadow souls shadow souls is regarding the homeless population and i basically talked about how there's the ones that want to be helped the ones that have been helped and the ones that refuse to be helped and they just want to follow the system and basically use the system that we pay into you know we could as we as paying adults as working adults can be doing so much more with our money and would be capable of so many more opportunities if that money was in our pockets as opposed to in their pockets. Because what they're doing with it and what I'm doing with it, what I'm doing with it is far more valuable. I know this. I do know this. I absolutely see the difference when I look at what I'm taking in and what I'm paying in taxes. It's a huge difference. And it really does put me in a position of not feeling... Well, I certainly don't play the empathy card. That's for goddamn sure. So Mr. Monotone sends me a... A link to a piece of paper. Let's see. Let's check it out. Let's click it on there. Uh, Governor Craig. Is it Mayor Craig? Let's see. Joyce Craig. She's our new mayor. She's set to roll out um, a response to mounting frustration by aldermen and downtown business owners regarding the homeless population. Um, there was a uh, conflict in the middle of one of our most busiest streets, and the police had to get involved. You have to remember, that this town maybe has one hundred to 200,000 people in it, so it's not a big town. So when shit like this goes down, people fucking notice it. Okay, it's not like when I'm walking around New York. It's like homeless people are just, they are part of the crowd. And people completely ignore them. When it happens here, people see it. People take notice. 
people vlog about it they talk about it they do everything about it um so it's very it's much easier for it to hit the front desk of the mayor even though you had mayor giuliani back in the day when the homeless problem hit his desk he went in with a fucking shovel and cleaned house like shovel shovel vacuum he did something and new york changed overnight and we could be facing the same problem here so if you go back and you check out week 62 shadow souls that was my thoughts on the homeless population and it was a brutal uh rant for sure and it was one of my last rants that i ever did on this uh in my youtube career um as i wanted to focus on more cons con, con I wanted to focus on more conceptual stuff, you know, concepts, ideas, things that were bouncing around in my head that didn't really weren't weren't really finished products, but I wanted to get them on video. So apparently, let me scroll down. What is she saying? What's she blabbing about? In response to the mounting frustration by aldermen and downtown business owners over the number of vagrants, is that what they call them now? On Elm Street, Mayor Joyce Craig is expected to discuss with city aldermen next several initiatives. Next week, several initiatives to address the issue. The plans, which range from spending $200,000 in community improvement funds uh, to expand services at family trans families and transitions in New Horizons, which is a homeless shelter, and a bunch of other shit. So she's going to meet with them and form a committee and figure out what the hell she's going to do with the homeless population. The fact is, is they're basically standing at street corners, and um, it creates a hazardous environment, and people are basically giving them money, giving them food. Obviously, if they're standing at the street corner and they're looking for food, they don't know what the fuck to do with it anyways. So if you give them a dollar, you give them $5. And you know what's funny is the job market right now is so in need of people. And yet, and yet, these motherfuckers are standing there when there's now hiring signs literally right behind them, right beside them, right in front of them, and they're standing there begging for shit. Which obviously means that they're up to no good. Okay? I'm a suspicious guy. Chances are I'm in the right here. Okay? And if it just hit the mayor's desk, that means that something is afoot, which means I definitely wasn't wrong. I'll give you that much. So that was my thoughts on that. You can go check out more of it. It's in the um, it's in the New Hampshire Union Leader. You can go check out. You can type in homeless population or homeless thing or Joyce Craig. And you can also check out week 62, which that was way back then. That was a year ago. Have my thoughts changed on it? Not so much. As long as there's an action in place then fine we'll see what happens as long as it doesn't continue to take money out of taxpayers pockets because people already pay way too much money to live in this stupid town myself included so that was my thoughts on that um also i'm gonna be checking out some movie reviews annihilation pulgasari the last starfighter and let's see also i know it's a new year and people are taking initiatives to maybe eat healthier or um get into fitness or whatever the fitness thing, I'm not going to really touch. All right. The, fo the focus is, can you learn how to start cooking on your own? Because I noticed that a lot of people, when they go into the kitchen, they go in and they have all, they buy all this, they buy all these groceries, all these fresh groceries they paid way too much money for because they just kind of wandered around the grocery store with a giant list. It took them an hour to get in, an hour to get out. They come home, takes them forever to put away the food. They spend two hours in the fucking kitchen prepping all their food. By the time they're done, they probably don't eat any of it. And they never really flow into a project that the idea is when you food prep, you want to be as efficient as efficient, efficient as possible. You want to be in and out of the grocery store in 10 minutes. You want to be in the kitchen, done cooking everything within 20 to 30 minutes. And you want all that shit prepped within 10. Okay. And then the next night when you have all the extra food already prepped over, it should take you 10 to 15 minutes, boom, to reprep your food and wash your dishes and be done with it. Okay. It shouldn't take you long to cook food. It shouldn't take you long to uh, fry up pasta, to get your garlic and oil going, to get your chicken done, to f prep everything, to have it in, in it's it should be as, that simple. And that's where people, during their New Year's resolutions, they make a lot of mistakes. They make a lot of mistakes by taking way too much time and focusing on recipes when they should just be focused on... Yeah, and they focus on, focus on the method of cooking. Okay, life is a method. Life is not a recipe. Relationships are a method. Relationships are not, are, are, are are. Oh, speaking of which, when it comes to rest, when it comes to food, okay, if you're dating a girl and sh and you ask her where she wants to eat and she always says, "I don't know, I don't care," get rid of that broad because I can guarantee you that's the same chick that when you knock her up, she says, "I'm keeping it." Guess what? <sighs> 
well, you made that fucking decision pretty quickly. Oh, you're keeping it all of a sudden. You can't even figure out what kind of Chinese food you want to eat. And all of a sudden you get you get a little you get a little spermy bank in you, and the next thing you know, I'm having this baby. Okay. You're a fucking psycho. You can figure out that light that that later. Is that happening to me? No, no, no. Don't pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. That's not happening to me. Everything's fine. I can't afford women. Let's get back to the garlic and oil method. Let's get back to cooking. Let's just start with this, okay? So say you're on a keto diet, say you're on a vegan diet, say you're on a, or not diet, but say your lifestyle consists of certain foods. It doesn't really matter to me. You know how I feel with soy. As far as soy goes, you, you're going to go, just go away. Just avoid this conversation because you're not one that can conversate. You're, 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 you're a terrible human being. But if you are looking for a simple method to flavor up your food, may I suggest, may I suggest this is one of the simplest things you can do. Okay, the method of just simply frying up garlic and oil. Okay, when I mean oil, I, 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 I mean, I mean olive oil, preferably extra virgin, not truffle oil because truffle oil is actually fake. Not canola oil, not vegetable oil, because that's basically biodiesel for your Ford F three fifty, and um, you know, not sesame oil, because sesame oil is way too strong and overpowers the actual natural flavors of your food. So just start with olive oil because olive oil, as Frank Prisanzano says, it's a vehicle for flavor. It will transport the natural flavors that come from your food, that come from your seasonings, and literally just, it's like a river. It goes right through the actual fleshy parts of your food and delivers all the flavor. It delivers all the salts. It delivers all those impactful flavors that you spent all your time dumping herbs and spices into, and it does the job. So you can't have the salt without the oil. So I recommend just a standard Extra virgin olive oil. You don't have to spend a ton of money, tonny, tonny money. You don't have to spend a ton of money on it. So simply just go out and get like a, an extra virgin. Check the back. Make sure that it's only olive oil and not like half this and half fucking diesel. All right. Go out there. Put it on eight. If it's smoking a little bit, you can take it off the burner. That's okay. Don't worry about it. All right. Olive oil is okay. It can, it can burn a little bit. Not too much, though. I've had, I had an experience in an old apartment. Um, we'll go into that another time. So you throw the olive oil in there. You let that get a little bit hot. You can tell the difference in the consistency of when the olive oil is cold versus when it's hot. When it's cold, it kind of, you know, it's like just kind of slow and sluggish. Obviously, when it's hot, it runs across the pan a lot quicker, okay? The viscosity kind of changes when it heats up. At that point, you want to make sure that you have enough olive oil in the pan so when you chop up your garlic, whether you choose to smash garlic down like this and kind of open it up, like crack it open like a nut, or if you choose to slice it, it's really up to you. You can even do whole cloves. It all depends. Try them all out. See how you like it best. Generally, when you fry up uh, garlic, you really can't go wrong anyway you choose. Um, but that's just my opinion. So go do that. Just throw in the cloves. Throw in the chopped cloves of garlic. Um, not f like actual garlic, like go out and buy a whole clove. Okay. Don't buy the, the, the pre-chopped shit that's in the water. That stuff is, that stuff is disgusting. That's not garlic. I don't know what that, that's like, that's like just disgusting. It is completely different flavor, completely different texture. The odor is awful. It It's really, that shit's, it's not real. Get rid of it. Okay. You know, if, if a girl wants a diamond, you don't give her cubic zirconia, okay? And if you want garlic, go out and get the real cloves of garlic. You get there, you fry that up, you let it start to brown a little bit. Once you do that, you kind of kind of move it a little bit back and forth on the pan. So you have the olive oil and you have the garlic kind of in unison together, holding hands throughout the whole process. From there, if you want to throw in your onions, you can. From there, if you want to throw in your scallions, you can. Your tomatoes, or remember, tomatoes are heavy in water. So keep that in mind. You want to kind of get rid of the most, you know, 80 to 90% of that water that's in the tomato for better consistency. Now, if you're going to be doing this with like, say, butterfly chicken, you can go ahead, lower the heat, okay, significantly, say down to about half, like a five or a six, and put the butterfly chicken in there or the extra roast beef you had left over or whatever ha or have you. Um, it really, anyone's... It, you want to throw extra if you want to throw butter in there as well you can do that now if you are going to put it over say a plate of pasta what you want to do is you want to throw that you want to uh get the pasta going first okay 
So when you in the pasta, I usually recommend if it's not fettuccine. Well, first of all, if it's not regular old school spaghetti, I'm a big fan of linguine. Linguine, you fake Italian, the gabagool. You want to do linguine, and maybe at the most fettuccine. All right. Anything else? Eh, I don't know. I used to be a big fan of penne, but that was that was back in the day. Um, so, oops. Okay. Well, that fucking sucked. Hold on. We're fixing this problem. Let me pause this. I'll be right back. Okay. Sorry about that. One of my computers went down. It's going down. So I have this. I have this one computer. I'll explain really quick. What this? My Samsung. It's. It's plug. When I go to plug it in, I have to put it in a certain angle, otherwise it won't charge. So apparently, it's not doing anything right now. So I go to plug it in, and the light's not even turning on, so it's not charging. So I had, I have seven computers now. I might be down to six. I don't know. I might have to, I might have to put this one down. Deservedly so. Anyways, sorry about that. <sighs> Garlic and oil. Nothing worse than fucking losing your flow. That's the one thing I don't do. I uh, hate losing my flow. Absolutely hate it. The important thing to notice, note when you're doing your pasta, okay? You have the garlic and oil, you have the garlic and oil ready to go, ready to get hot. You throw in the garlic, a little bit of salt. It's important to have your salt. Now, way your salt is tricky. That's tricky though. You fry your pot, you throw your pasta, like I said, linguine, fettuccine. I'm trying to work up my, get my flow back here, so bear with me. Fettuccine, linguine, or spaghetti, okay? Simple go-tos, all the kids love it. You get that going, you can put a little salt in the water, okay? If you want to do a little olive oil in the water too, that's fine as well. That, I don't really have, there's no proven technique behind that, but just throw a little salt in there to kind of flavor the water because you're going to be using the water later. You're not going to be draining all the water, Okay? So while the water is boiling, if the water is boiling, you throw the pasta in. Then once the pasta is pushed all the way down, get the, get the hot going on the olive oil. Get that hot olive oil nice and hot. Start frying up that garlic, whether you've chopped it, smashed it, or just thrown it in whole clove. Once you get that done, then you, could start cons- then you can consider what else you want to throw in there. I'm not going to tell you what you should else be throwing in there. If you want to throw in chicken, if you want to throw in steak, if you want to throw in shrimp, shrimp are an easy one. Shrimp take a legit two seconds to cook. Legit. On high heat, shrimp are like faster than a Pop-Tart. So once you throw them in there, you're good to go. Um, if you want to peel, I, in my personal opinion, it's worth just peeling them. Go in, peel the fucking shrimp, take the tails off, don't be lazy, Take the tails off. It's much easier to eat them that way. If you want to throw in fish, you can do that too. It's up to you. Whatever you want to do. Or if you're going to be laying the chicken or the fish or the steak on top of on top of everything afterwards. Um, if you want to use vegetables, you can do things like you can do things like kale. Kale actually warms up pretty well. Um, it tastes gross, like fresh out of the bag. But when you actually heat it up or you fry it, it's actually pretty decent. Um, Things like peas, pasta with peas, is a classic depression-style dish. So you definitely want to consider that. And you could take the peas frozen right out of the bag, literally, and just throw them in with the garlic and oil uh, right after everything else is done. So once you finish, once that stuff is fried up, the garlic is starting to brown, the pasta is almost done. The pasta usually takes between 8 and 12 minutes, depending upon the pasta you buy. I recommend a good pasta. It doesn't have to be fresh. It can be dry pasta. Dry pasta absolutely has its value to it. There is a reason for dry pasta. Plus, it sits better in other people's stomachs. Remember, it depends. Just because you can eat certain things doesn't mean that they can. So the idea is that you take that pasta when it's about al dente, not completely done because it's going to continue to cook while you are cooking the, the, you know, frying the garlic and oil with all the other stuff that's in there. You're going to take, you're going to, you know, you're going to scoop out the pasta, you're going to put it in with the with the garlic and oil, and it's going to fuse together. And then you're going to take a little bit of that pasta water, and you're going to pour that in a little bit, not too much. You judge, decide how how much sauce, basically, you want the, the pasta, cons- do the whole dish to consist of. So you'll put the pasta in there, you'll mix that up. It will cook, because if you put the extra pasta water in there, the pasta will continue to cook to your desired texture. Okay, instead of it just cooking, because remember, if you just drain it, it's going to continue to cook in the drain. 
and then you're going to mix it together in the garlic and oil, and it's going to be kind of all gross and shit. So you want to let it continue to cook while it's in the sauce, you know, the garlic and oil with the salt and stuff, and salt it to taste. Always salt it to taste. Never oversalt it. Start low, go up. Now, because if it's al dente, while it's continuing to cook to your desired texture, the garlic and oil and the salt are going to get into the pasta while it's still cooking, and you're going to get a better flavor as a result. As far as your salmon, you literally, if you want to do salmon, you just throw that in the oven. Uh, you literally can just put seasoning on top of the salmon, bake it until it's basically done. Is no Salmon is not a difficult task. You just throw that bitch in the oven. When it's done, you take it out. You, if it's on the skin, you basically just take that little fish spatula and you take it off the skin and you place it on top of the food and then you're done. Um, if you are going to use cheese, I recommend Pecorino Romano. I recommend Parmesan. Use the good shit. There's, you know, use, trust me, use the good shit. The other stuff, I swear there was a, a recent news news report that they were using fucking actual wood, like actual wood in your like craft Parmesan cheese. So I recommend actually going out and get a block and shred it yourself, okay? You'll you'll be thankful you did. And it tastes way better. It does your food justice. So when you put a little, before you put the cheese on, anoint it with a little bit of olive oil to add that extra texture and flavor, you'll be good to go. That's a very simple and cheap, it's inexpensive. And it's a great way to get the method going if you're going to start learning to cook for yourself. And it's a great way to learn... Because if you learn how to cook for yourself, you learn how to cook better, you end up learning how to cook healthier. And that's a great way to get your New Year's resolution off the ground. Because that's the one thing that people, they there's so many options out there. You have uh, Blue Apron, where they literally deliver you the packages. It's still expensive. You, on, you can go out and get catering services where they portion the food for you. That is a shit ton of money. That's a shit ton of money. Okay, so also, there's it, it is. So... My, the best salute, the best th- best thoughts I have for you on this matter is cook everything from scratch for the most part, okay? Unless you're making like an apple pie, that's different. But if you're going to be cooking dinner and for yourself, generally when you're cooking like this, you're going to have plenty of food left over for two, three, four people. When you cook like this, there's always extra food. And it's important to have this extra food when you're food prepping for one or two days and plus if you got if you're just hungry and you got extra food left over and generally when you cook pasta or something like that the food tastes better the second time around because the food the all, everything has had its time to kind of meld together and that's it's just better it it just for some reason always is because you want those you want the sauce the fats the meat everything to just kind of simmer together my uh, And as far as health and nutrition, if you are trying to lower your carbohydrate intake, which is attached to sugar, the greener the vegetables, the better off you are. Once you start putting color in there, you can eat in all, all, all colors. Like if you want to eat red peppers, green pepper, uh, yellow pepper, um, tomatoes, you can. Just remember, the more color in it, the higher the sugar content. Okay? So definitely keep that in mind Depend and do plan that out throughout the day. If you are a cardio junkie, Keep in mind, keep that in mind because you're not pumping up muscle. If you're a meathead, if you're trying to work out more, you may requ- necessarily requ- you may require more carbohydrate intake because your muscles are going to demand it. Because every time you work out, your body is going to need to recover, and it will recover quicker with carbohydrates than as opposed to just eating fats and meat. So keep that in mind. We can go into that a little bit further another time, but for the most part, when you just start with the garlic and oil method. When you learned how to master the garlic and oil method, the entire kitchen opens up to you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You master that, and then every other type of food that you want to play with seems possible. Plus, garlic is one of the healthiest foods that you can eat, okay? I know it's not the sexiest food you can eat when it comes to, you know, time with the time with the person of interest. You don't want to be burping on their face or in other places, if you catch my drift. <laughs> So that's my little rant on that. Um, so anyways, so we talked about the homeless population thing. We talked about the garlic and oil method. And that was part of my childhood too. You know, watching my parents scream at each other in the kitchen. Get out of the kitchen, Ollie. <laughs> Throwing fucking spoons, breaking steak dishes. It was just, it was wonderful. There was nothing better than having a Jew and an Italian in the same house. It was great. It was, uh, it was stereotypical. That's for damn sure. 
But in in that in that conflict, you know, while they're you know essentially killing each other, you're running in, stealing a meatball, running in, stealing this food, picking at steak, stuff like that, and you got great freaking food out of it. So I was never I was never starved as a kid. You know, I had those bouts with chicken nuggets and McDonald's and shit like that. But for the most part, I ate very very well. It's probably why I'm so goddamn healthy now is because of the fact that. I was ripping in tons of garlic and I had plenty of dairy. I, had, I, I eventually moved away from dairy because I realized that it was just starting to punch its way out of my ass. Um, but for the most part, now it's like I can understand being fed like that when I was a kid has made me a much healthier adult. So that's one thing I like to take notice in. Um if you are asking questions on Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm, right now I'm not doing it because one of my laptops just died. So goodbye, old friend. Um, I'll switch it out with another machine. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we're going to move on to some movie reviews. So last week, I think I talked about The Arrival. Yes, I did. I talked about The Arrival with um, Amy Adams. I talked about with Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. And... It was good. wasn't great. Kind of disappointing. Whole dead kid thing kind of threw me off. This one, I set that up a notch. I was like, all right, I heard Annihilation. Annihilation is with Natalie Portman and four other chicks. Okay. And the whole mo- and, and right from the very beginning, you know exactly what's you. It it's perceived that you know what's going to happen. Okay. And for the most part, you're right. So Annihilation basically is the plot. Plot line is this: an alien entity has entered Earth's atmosphere and it's growing. Okay, and it's going to continue to expand until it basically wipes out all human civilization. Or at least, you know, changes it. So, that happens. They send in a bunch of chicks to investigate. Now, before you go off all social justice they did kind of address that in the beginning that they sent in some soldiers. The soldiers didn't come back, so now they send in this hot squad of female scientists and biologists and stuff. But, it turns out, when you send in anybody versus the aliens... No, it doesn't matter what your gender is. Uh, you're going to get flattened. Um, and they come up against heavy resistance. And what this entity does is it mutates between plants and it basically assimilates plants, plant cells and human cells and eventually, and basically mech- mixes them together. So when your cells, if you didn't notice, when s- what cells do and what they always do and what they're constantly doing is they split and they keep splitting infinitely till your death what this does is essentially so when your cells split they assimilate in plant form and in human form and it, it it gets crazier from there so basically you become part plant and part human or part animal cell so yeah you can tell where shit gets weird things start mixing together um and Natalie Portman is not exactly a hero. She's, and in fact, in this movie, she's kind of a, she's kind of a shitty human being. Her husband goes missing. Um, he's one of the soldiers that went in originally. Now, this is not a movie that I would have liked to have seen in the movie theaters, because the way that movie theaters are now, people generally are not very um, nice in theaters. Like. People showing up late, people talking too loud, bringing their fucking kids. The kids are chapping, chewing, scr- crying, screaming, ripping on popcorn, running around, being dumb. People just being completely irresponsible. I'm glad I sat in my recliner, watched this movie, closed the door, didn't want to be bothered by anyone. This is a quiet movie for the most part. There are definitely some intense scenes, but for the most part, this is a movie you just want to be chilling by yourself. If you're with somebody that, quote, just doesn't get it and asks too many questions, kick them out the front door. Lock the fucking deadbolt, go back and just press play and keep watching. So, so the idea is that as they as they venture closer into towards the source of the being, um, shit gets weirder and weirder and weirder, and they start to lose it at the closer that they get. And it's a beautiful like the cinematography is very nice. The plot line moves very slowly, but it's it's drawing you in, and they get and things get a little weirder as the days go on. There are some startling moments, but for the most part, this is definitely a quiet film. It plays uh, it plays along the lines of Arrival, but with a far more satisfying conclusion. As a matter of fact, I actually said to myself, 
the ending to Annihilation is far more satisfying than Interstellar. Interstellar, as I've said before on this podcast, is actually was one or two scenes short of being one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time, but had a rather disappointing ending in some ways. Because it instead of saying that the aliens helped bring us here or f- whatever, it basically said that we from the future, us humans from the future, brought ourselves here. And I was like, eh, too introspective, almost too easy. Okay, let's just freaking, just give us the fucking aliens, give us what we want, all right, and we'll love you forever. Uh, uh, but instead, we had to wait for Annihilation to come along and deliver upon what we were looking for. Annihilation was a far bigger movie with a far broader concept um, and delivered mostly on that concept. But Annihilation's ending was insane. Okay, the noises it sound it was the noises this this being the entity this whole thing makes, it certainly draws you in. It certainly gets your attention. It you stop chewing on whatever you're chewing on, you your eyes shift from Instagram and you instantly are focused on what's in front of you, and um, it's very interesting. It's very odd, but it's absolutely thrilling, and I just I loved it and I wanted to know. Just, I really just wanted to know what the thoughts of the director and the screenplay writer, what they were thinking when they were trying to create this entity and what it should look like and how it, everything ties together in the end. And it was absolutely, th- it was just awesome. It was, v- in many ways, very original, the whole point of it. Now, Natalie Portman's character, yeah, there, there was, that she has flashbacks of, infidelity and she has she'll ha- she has flashbacks of things that she did with her husband and you know the certain those typical things and then she, of course she also has there's the group and they have a battle amongst themselves because some of them are slowly going insane and so yeah and then so you, there are some of some of the typical prototypical players in the movie but for the most part you really are just focusing on can you know can they make it to the center and can they uh, figure out what's going on before it's too late? And it has a really great ending, a very g- decently thought-provoking ending. I truly recommend if you have two and a half hours, not a movie where you have like some popcorn or you're doing something else while... The, no, this is a movie where you sit down and you just watch the movie, okay? And you completely focus on that. It's a quiet movie, okay? For, with the exception of a few gun scenes, some gunplay. And the ending. Mm. So keep that in mind. This is generally would have been a three-star movie, three out of five stars for me, which is what I gave Arrival. But the ending in itself earned it a fourth star. That ending was so colorful and so cool that it made it a really good sci-fi movie. Something I absolutely recommend that everybody, if you haven't already checked it out, you're going to be blown away by just how cool that ending was. I can't describe it to you. I actually can't. I couldn't spoil it to you if I fucking tried. Um, And believe me, I will try. But it's an awesome movie, Annihilation with Natalie Portman, four out of five stars, highly recommended by Positive Sarcasm. Now, I did... If you haven't checked it out on Instagram, I did um, I did a quick skit with uh, Polkin Productions and uh, Big Cat. So we went out and we did an Alanis Morissette um, Instagram video. You guys can go check it out. It's up at positive underscore sarcasm. You can go and check it out. With, and we um, we did a funny uh, Alanis Morissette skit in a car on the way to go get pizza. Um, you can go check it out. But bef- after that, we actually sat down and watched a movie that was banned not banned, but it was commissioned by North Korea. So apparently North Korea had a movie industry, but the whole thing is that the movie street movie industry, they would hire actors and directors to come into North Korea and then they would make the movies and they would trick the directors or they would kidnap the directors in some cases. Um, in this case, in this case, actually the director of this movie, Pulgasari, that's the name of the movie. This guy, Hong Dong Wong or whatever the fuck his name is, he actually went on to uh, produce or screenplay or direct uh, a 90s movie called uh, Three Ninjas. Not the first one, but the the two after that. Three Ninjas Knuckle Up and Three Ninjas Kick Again or something like that. Three Ninjas Kick Back or some shit. 
So he ended up doing those movies in the late in the mid nineties. But back in nineteen eighty five, he did a movie called Pulgasari. It's basically a knockoff of Godzilla, where this these tribes was under a they were under this ruthless uh, this ruthless emperor. And as one of their elders passes away, he creates this little being called Pulgasari, and as it and it feeds on metal and copper and all their metal things. And as it, the more metal it eats, the bigger it gets. And it eventually they use it to overtake the the throne. You haven't, it, yeah, I'm spoiling the shit out of this movie, but it's fucking so bad. Um, it's basically a cheesy, low budget North Korean, North Korean. Uh, it was commissioned by Kim Jong-un or Kim Il-sung, one of the two. And so basically, Pulgasari gets super big and gets even bigger. And then eventually, they have to destroy him because he just got too big and he's going to eat everything. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, and you probably didn't know this, but the special effects are terrible. If it's not claymation, it's a guy in a rubber suit. Um, it is definitely, this is one of those movies where you sit with about five or six friends and you laugh and you make jokes and you trash on it the whole time. It's a very, this Island earth, um, type of movie. And it's worse than any of the other Godzilla movies, any other Godzilla movie you compare it to. It's worse than that period. So you definitely want to, um, watch it because it is that bad. It's so bad. It's bad. Um, Yeah. It's it's pretty terrible. And then, oddly enough, it's bad for a whole 90 minutes. They managed to get 90 minutes out of this trashy piece of shit. And this is back when movies like Top Gun and Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and, and another 48 hours. And, you know, those movies were being made and produced and making millions of dollars. And then North Korea comes out with this. It was pretty rough. I'm not going to lie. So you can check that out. I gave it a hard don't. I gave it a one. It is it, at the end of the day. There's no charming um, value to it. It's just a bad fucking movie. Okay, there's no you. You can't high definition it. It's just ter- it's just a terrible, terrible flick. Um, it's called Pulgasari. P U L G A S. Pulgasari. Yeah, you can check that shit out. It's pretty stupid, but it does. It's basically a knockoff of Godzilla, and you won't recognize any of the actors. You won't recognize anybody from this movie. Um. So, yeah, we watched that because, well, why not? We watched another movie with that kid, that guy from the room, Tommy Wiseau, but I fell asleep. Um, I knew it was going to be a bad movie, so I kind of checked that after that one. So, uh, Annihilation, four out of five stars. Pulgasari, one out of five stars. And, of course, there's a movie that's actually being rebooted, or it may be a sequel to the original movie from 1984. And this movie is is, is what gives a, you know, Gives my inner child a boner. This was The Last Starfighter. The Last Starfighter was a movie that I had on constant replay when I was a kid. It's essentially like a... And it's kind of a knockoff from Star Wars, but it's so... The, the Some of it is super original as far as the, the ship itself. It, no, actually, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty much a Star Wars ripoff, okay? It's The Last Starfighter. There's only one Jedi, but it's not a Jedi, but... It's still a great movie. For all of its flaws, it hasn't dated well. Okay. And here's the thing. It didn't have the budget of like Return of the Jedi or The Empire Strike Back. So it didn't have like props. It didn't have a lot of like movie budgets went up when you had props. Back then they all all they could do for this movie was use CGI. Okay. The special effects were not that great. So they had to do everything in computer graphics, okay? With the exception of the car that the salesman uses, um, what the hell is his name? Centauri. With the exception of that, everything else is CGI. Everything else is special effects, and not great, I admit. Okay, but they make it work. The characters are fantastic in this movie, and it's essentially about a guy who lives in a trailer park. He's trying to go to he's trying to go to college. He doesn't want to go to city college like the rest of his friends. So he, but he's always playing this freaking arcade game called Starfighter. And he eventually gets the high score. The high score, because this is it's not actually a video game, it's a it's a simulator. He gets the high score, the simulator sends a signal off into space, and Centauri comes down, whisks this kid away because he's gonna go rescue the galaxy, because apparently the galaxy is under attack by some freaking you know, reverse mohawk douchebag 
who has a giant scepter who's betrayed the, the, the empire or some shit. So he goes up there, you know, runs around with his little spaceship, blows up some shit, and, you know, saves the world. It's fantastic. I loved it. And it's such a, it, and it's one of those, you know, it fits perfectly in the category of E.T., Flight of the Navigator, uh, you know, Mac and Me. It's right, it's right in that line of classic 80s uh, sci-fi movies that everybody grew up on and everybody fell in love with. The thing is, though, in this movie, a lot of the things don't line up very well. They're too cheesy. They're too, um, they don't, it doesn't age very well. But the, the and, but I can't help but love this movie so much for the mere for its mere concept, and its mere attempt at executing the concept. So I had to because I've seen the movie millions of times, and I still love the concept as of now. I have to give it three out of five stars. All right, because I love the ship, I love the characters, and I think it could have been so much more. But I know for the most part there was just a lot of mm, cheating and copying as far as some of the Star Wars stuff I saw in there. But I still love that movie. I'm so glad. And you know what's funny? I didn't pay for it. I actually watched it off some Russian website. Um, don't judge me. They were charging $3.99 to watch it on demand. I was like, I'm not doing that shit. Fuck that. So The Last Starfighter, the main character is Alex Rogan. Um, he didn't age very well. I don't. I don't expect to see him. The thing is, is they are they are in talks to do a reboot. So they're work. They're getting a lot of the team together. They're working on the concepts. Um, they did make an announcement. They do have the actual art concept art out, and the concept art looks really, really good. So I would kill to see that movie get not necessarily rebooted, but to see it get sequeled because that would be a great universe to expand upon. Because it's the, it's called the front. The the actual universe is called the frontier. And the Frontier has several uh, alliances within it, okay, several star groups. And it would be really good to get a glimpse of all the, with today's technology, a glimpse of all the star groups. So I would love to, I would love to see that get kind of expanded upon. And I think people would actually gravitate towards it because I think there's a universe there to be, especially since, you know, the la since especially since Star Wars has taken a giant shit on itself with all the social justice crap, I think The Last Starfighter would actually have a chance to kind of leap in and kind of save those people from the woes of that crap. I think there would be a really good chance to leap on and take some of their audience away from them. As long as they follow the guidelines of what a good movie should be about, they'll do rather well. If they follow Marvel's path, they're going to be okay. So The Last Starfighter, you can check out the 1984 version. It's friggin', uh, it's, it's great. It's great. I love it. Three out of five stars. You know, it's got some terrible scenes in it, but... The, the fight scenes at the end are an awful lot of fun. So check that out. Also, if you're a gaming nerd, um, you can go on YouTube. There's a documentary about a video game series that I used to play as a, uh, when I was younger. It was called Half-Life. Um, it's a game about... It's a, the storyboard is about a uh, scientist who's going to work one day. His name is Gordon Freeman. Um, he was working on a project when all of a sudden he a specimen that he delivers into a... Por into a uh, whatever basically causes all kinds of shit to go crazy and now the government's coming in with its military to try to shut it down and there's people coming in there's aliens coming in from another realm and he's caught in the middle of it so you got to check that that documentary out it's actually a lot of fun and i have yet to play episode two of that of the second of the second one i played half-life i played half-life opposing force which is a great expansion pack and then i played half-life two episode one yeah did I do that? Yeah, I did. I haven't played episode two, though, so I got to play that someday when I'm not so busy. Uh, okay. We went over garlic and oil method. We went over the homeless situation. We went over Annihilation with Natalie Portman, Paul Gasari, Last Starfighter, the Half-Life documentary. Um, You know what's funny? So I was, on the, I was at the store the other day, and we were talking, talking about the, the garlic and oil method. It is easy to kind of get... Because I start, I've been bulking since November, since ever since I did week 100. Uh, I've been bulking and necessarily just kind of being a little more free with what I want to eat. Not necessarily a ton of junk food, but mostly just a lot of carbs because I've been, I needed to eat and get a lot of muscle on me. So I had to put on some weight. But I've noticed that the really, they are, they are, there's no holds barred right now 
with the junk food that they're putting out. Um, I've seen some cereals out there. They have a Nutter Butter cereal. A Nutter Butter cereal. They have the Oreo cereal. The blonde version and the regular version. Oreo cereal. Nutter Butter. Um, Pop-Tarts has a fucking cereal now. Like, really? So every cookie, every like cheap cookie, vanilla wafer, that's a cereal now. They are going out of their way to give you so much shit. And really, I mean, you will you you'll think like, oh, that tastes really good. You're gonna you're gonna chew in a whole bowl of cereal of that. It's gonna cut up your gums. That shitty sugar is gonna get into your bloodstream, and you're gonna be diabetic. So they're really going. And of course, my Achilles heel is Pringles. And now they got the whole wavy Pringles now: barbecue, jalapeno, sour cream and onion, che- cheddar cheese. They got a whole line of wavy pruffles, uh, wavy Pringles now, which is meant to prey on me. It's really easy to kind of fall off track because you're going through the store, you're grabbing this, you're grabbing that, you're grabbing some soap, and then you walk by this, and it's just like shining a light right on you. You just got out of the gym, you're hungry, and you're on your way to the register, and then you see that, and you stop in your tracks, you're like, oh, no. You're not getting your money's worth. It isn't worth it. You really, the best thing you can do, actually, is what I did, is take a picture of it and then keep moving. Because if you take a picture of it, yeah, maybe it'll tempt you later on, but it won't tempt you in the moment. And you'll most likely just want to show it off to your friends, and you'll laugh about it, and then you'll move on. But if you're taking a picture of it, that means that you're taking a picture of it, and then you're not going to buy it. Okay? And let's face it, how good could it possibly be? Okay? First of all, Pop-Tarts are okay, at best. Oreos are decent, but if you eat more than four of regular-sized Oreos, you're not going to feel good later. Okay, we all know this. So imagine doing that with a breakfast cereal, okay? And you're adding in a whole bowl of that shit. Then you're going to pour all that milk on top of it. You're going to feel like an asshole later. Well, something's... Never mind. So it really is. They're going out of their way to get these freaking... To get this shit and turn you into a giant sugar drug addict. Drug addict. And it's so horrible. I mean, I know, and it's at these small, it's at, and it, you know where it is. You know, it's at like Walmart and Aldi's and all these other stores that prey on fucking EBT cards because you know these people aren't that bright or they haven't been properly educated and they don't know how to spend their money. So they put this shit right out there in the forefront, okay, for them to see it and consume it because you know when you put it right out there, their kids are going to see it. One of their seven fucking kids is going to see it. They're going to freak out. The kids are going to flake, throw one or two in there, and then boom, you're done. You've unloaded the inventory, and now the kids are, are going to be fat and disgusting. They're going to be annoying because they're filled with freaking fake sugar, all right, and that's a waste of your money. That's a waste of your fucking government food stamps because you decided to cave and buy Pop-Tart cereal, dummy, okay? So take this into consideration. Take a picture of it if you're not on EBT. Congratulations. Just take a picture of it. If you see a food that you know is absolutely horrid, but you know it's like an Oreo cookie cereal or it's like Breyers chocolate mint fudge fucking rim job, take a picture of it and then put it in your pot. And then that's it. You're good. I guarantee if you take a picture of that junk food that you were going to buy, you probably actually won't buy the junk food. I tried it on many occasions. I did it when I was food prepping or when I was prepping for my first few competition shows, competition shows, fitness shows, and I would just take the picture of the food, and I was fine. Granted, I had an eating disorder after the shows were done, but that was for a different, that was a whole, whole other animal, whole other animal. So if you do, yeah, so do yourself a favor. If you don't have to walk into places like Walmart or Aldi's, don't do it. But I guarantee you, if you walk down those aisles, you're going to see some abominations like Pop-Tart cereal, vanilla wafer cereal, Oreo cookie cereal. <sighs> it's a serious junk food problem. And you, you can only imagine if the, if, if the price of food would actually go down if people stopped spending all their money on this shit food and more time and effort was invested in buying good product, healthy product, healthy produce. I don't know. It's just a thought. Maybe I'm wrong. Get a little sip of coffee here. Anyways, we're coming up on 50 minutes. My apologies earlier for uh, one of my laptops kind of 
dying on itself. It kind of threw me out of my rhythm. But we're stringing along here. We're doing okay. We're in the uh, home stretch anyways. We reached about 50 minutes. Um, I generally don't talk about politics. It's not some, is, it pol- is it political? Yeah, it is. But I, I was in the car with, with Turcotte, and we were talking about something political. I don't know. It was nothing crazy. And I, I said it was a throwaway line. It was, I said something along the lines. This is referring to Trump. Okay. It's, I said, I'm glad he's here. And I'll be glad when he's gone. So I said that to him. And I know he's not a Trump fan. I'm not either. But I want, I said that, and I thought about it for a day. And I was like, hey, let me call you later. Oh, looks like I lost one of the viewers after I said that. Well, all right. I said, let me elaborate on that. Because he, he, he sees me on Twitter. Twitter. I'm like, I said to him, John, my, my IQ stems way beyond 140 characters. So um, there's a lot more to that thread when you pull on it. Okay, obviously, I didn't want it to come to this. I didn't want it to be like this as it is right now. I didn't want to have these choices, all right? And I don't want it to be like this in the future. Okay, he's here. He's doing what he's doing. He looks like every other politician. He certainly lies like every other one. He's just more brutish about it. Um, but I don't want, I want you to, I, I wanted him to understand that social media is, doesn't it's, it can reprogram um, the formula that is your, that is the human mind. You don't want to reprogram your mind to fit social media better. Social media is one of those things that can trick you into thinking a different way. It, and, and politics is the same thing and it divides, it can divide people. It divides friends, it divides families. But John and one of the, John and I are are people who have have very creative mindsets. We're always going out and thinking of new concepts, new ideas, making new videos, and things like that. We work very well with that, and we've come to trust each other very, very much. So, on that note, I said, "Listen, you know, when it comes to things like this, this type of loyalty that we have, I'm not going to let something like that drive us drive a wedge between us because." We know that we're smarter than what's going on down there. We know that we're more intelligent and more capable of doing something better for the world than what's going on down there, what's taking place. Are we partially responsible for it? I, maybe. I don't know. But I want you to know when I, have a, when I say something like, I'm glad he's here and I'll be glad when he's gone, that there's so much more to it than just that. Okay? And when I say that, I'm hoping for a discussion maybe at a later date. You could say, well, maybe you shouldn't have just maybe you shouldn't have said it. Granted, maybe I shouldn't say anything at all. Maybe I should just keep my mouth shut. Maybe I should just be freaking a mute for the rest of my life. I say things. I'm a big mouth. I like to discuss things. I like to throw topics out there and I want to get people's feedback. All right? I don't want to get attacked. If you want to attack me, fine. But if that's all you know how to do, then you're not a human being. You're just a you're just a you have that mob like mentality and I don't want to do I don't want to have anything to do with you. So the AI that these algorithms are based on, it's starting to change the way people think. It's starting to change who we are. And I wanted to get it out there to him and let him know. I called him. I didn't send it to him via text. I said, let me call you and talk to you about this. So I called him and I talked to him about it. And I said, listen, this is my thoughts on this matter. I said it. I know where you, I know where you are in, in terms of things. And I go, even if you just kind of didn't worry about it, I go, it was on my mind. So I figured I would share it with you. So if you have those thoughts with people and people say something like that, you can call them. Don't call them out. Call them. Talk to these people. Be like, when you said that, what were were you meaning? Where did it come from? And just ask questions because people have, people come from all different walks of life and they have different opinions on things and they're always, and some of them are going to end up in different, they're going to end up at different conclusions. But maybe you can learn something along the way or maybe they can learn something along the way. But it's not about how to gain power over somebody. It's try to gain an understanding of why they came to that conclusion. I don't have blind faith when it comes to any of this political stuff. Believe me, it's a mess. I'm not going to follow blind faith and just be like, well, he said that, so I'm going to follow it because I believe in it. It's like, no, I question so much. Okay, and I continue to question so much because there is so much bullshit out there. But I know when it comes to John and his way of thinking as far as his, he has two kids, he has a home, he puts in the time, he puts in the effort, I see what he's doing is far more beneficial than anything that's being done in Washington 
So I know that his mindset is definitely far more rational. Therefore, I, it's worth me discussing things with him, first of all. So it made sense to give him a call and just kind of explain myself a little bit. And it's cool. And I, I'm sure in some way he kind of appreciates it, you know. And then we've got, we get along really, really well now. So I just wanted to share that with you because it's like ever since I've been listening to, um, you know, more and more of Jordan Peterson. If you haven't, if you don't know who Jordan Peterson, you can look him up on YouTube. He's on Twitter. He is a clinical psychologist from the University of Toronto, and I've become one of his biggest fans. Um, I started getting to know him when I was doing. I was around week fifty of my vlog, week fifty nine, somewhere around there. I started to get an understanding of. How, what he was thinking, what he was doing, his what he was striving to be, his uh, con- the controversy surrounding him, how they were trying to portray him to make him look bad, when in reality all this guy was trying to do was help people, and that's all he's trying to do. I found a picture of him with his wife. You can go check it out on his Instagram. Just look up Jordan B. Peterson. There's a picture of him sitting across the ta- a table, a little table with his wife, and his wife, um, what's her name, Tammy, Jamie? Forget her name. Um, she's got a little Kermit the Frog Muppet puppet hand on because he because Jordan sounds like Kermit and he knows that and he said that. Um, and it's making it. It's just and you look at the picture of the two of them kind of interacting. And it's there's something really beautiful about that photo, just the way they're kind of looking at each other. It's a really really nice photo. I'm a big fan of it. To the point where I want to get it blown up and put it in the studio. It's a photo I truly appreciate. And I think when you look at it, you would too. You can't be like their relationship. Their relationship is definitely something different. But you can look at that and go, there's something to that that's really, really great. And all I, I've, I've listened to a lot of his lectures, his discussions, his debates, his media coverage, his inner thoughts his ups and downs, when he's kept his cool and when he's gotten angry. But he's just trying to figure stuff out. And he's figuring things out with you. And the audience is with him the whole way. And he always says, when people ask him, does he believe in God or is he religious? He just says, I act as if God exists. I act as if he exists, which basically means he tries to act accordingly in order to portray the best version of himself possible. Because he wants people to strive for the better in themselves. Because life is a pain in the ass. Life is hard. So what's the what do you do? Well, do the best you can. Try to be a better person. Carry a load that would help benefit yourself and society. Try not to make it hell and overdramatic for other people around you. Keep yourself clean and organized. He's just trying to portray the simple shit that, for some reason, reason people just are refusing to do. And I believe in a lot of the methods that he's teaching. Because they're, it's psychology at its basic form, even though he's not a basic psychologist. And I can see where the religious teachings and the fundamentals of that really dive in. You know, and I got to say that the Christians and the, the Catholics have been waiting all this time. They think they're Messiah. Uh, they're still waiting for him to show up. I have to admit that um, I think he has. I think he has. His first name is Jordan. This guy could he guy could save the world. He really could. Just by going out there and the way he articulates the fundamentals and the way he reaches young men, older men, women, he has a formula that if you just focus on it you really could make insane improvements in your own life, no matter what you do. And it's really worked for me in a lot of ways. Um, I really hope that there's more innovation to come, more innovation to come from him. I know he's got another book coming out next year. His first one was Maps of Meaning. His second one was Twelve Rules for Life. Um, he's got another one coming out too, and but not later next year. I know that eventually people will, I think eventually he'll, people will either get bored of him or he will have, he'll have t- 
taught everything that he needs to have taught. You know, because everybody wears out after a while. You know, the guy's in his 50s. He's approaching 60. But for him to show up at this time, he he couldn't have shown up at a more perfect time, and I'm appreciative that he did show up. And for somebody who doesn't have a dad anymore, you know, I don't really have anybody to call and ask a question to. Even though my dad was way more stubborn and way more, you know, one line of thinking, you know, right after my, you know, a year after my dad passed, this guy Jordan Peterson showed up. And I watched all of his stuff. And I I love how he approaches these topics and how he thinks. You can see him thinking and the gears grinding in his mind as he tries to interpret what he, his answers. And it's not like he's right about everything. It's it's He's trying to figure things out right in front of you. You can see the effort in everything that he does. But most importantly, you can see the flaws in the other people as they try to tear him down. And that's why I'm on his side. Because I know at the end of the day, whether he's right or wrong, he's trying to do the right thing. And I'm glad he has a huge backing. And I cannot wait. If I ever get a chance to see him, if he ever comes to the area, I absolutely am buying tickets to see him. Um, so if you haven't looked him up, go on YouTube. Look up Jordan Peterson. There's a ton of stuff out there. Short clips, long clips, long debates, long lessons, long lectures. Uh, him with Sam Harris, him with Brett Weinstein, him on the Joe Rogan experience with Brett Weinstein. It's He's got his own podcast. He's got all kinds of shit. Um, the guy stands for something. You know, stuff that's centuries old. So, gotta start somewhere. Anyways, um, it's been about an hour and two minutes. I'm gonna wrap things up. Uh, sorry for the the, the issue this today with the laptop. I I mean, fucking gonna do. It's an empire that's built out of spare parts, and sometimes spare parts fail. So I'll figure it out. Thankfully, the studio, everything is in perfect shape here. Everything is running smoothly. All the stuff that I put together for the podcast and the live stream, everything runs perfectly. It's just that a spare computer that I use to um, run like other things when I do like research and I look up videos and stuff, that computer just happened to fail for some reason. So, hey, no big deal. Throw that one aside. Put a new one in its place. Be good to go. You guys can also go online. You check out the new trailer for Spider-Man. Um, the new Spider-Man trailer is fantastic, by the way. I actually like the first one, too. Three out of five stars. Go check out the last, the last Spider-Man. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp as well. I still haven't seen Black Panther. Sorry. Sorry. I will check it out. Um, also, go if you're looking for deals, go on slickdeals.net. They got a forum. They got a live forum. I'll check out the trending deals. They got all kinds of cool deals. If you're looking for something cheap, you don't want to blow your wad on just one thing, go to slickdeals.net. If you guys want to donate to the podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Okay? Uh, I it's It's important. Okay? Every little bit counts. If I had 500 I mean, if I had 500 subscribers giving me a dollar a month each, believe me, that's a world of difference. It really, really is. But I appreciate you guys literally just listening or subscribing or time or, or or tuning in on um on freaking Twitch as I you know break shit and sip my coffee and go out of my way to fuck stuff up. You know. I've been doing this solo for the past 10, 12 weeks. I got the groove now. It's just sometimes things happen, but everything's looking pretty good over here. Uh, I did lose. I thought I lost a project that I was working on. There's an update. A project I've un, it was announced, but I haven't given you the details on it. I still haven't given you the details on it because I'm still working on it. That project is back on. I'm going to head over there shortly in a bit to go get an update on it and see what else I can do for it. I'll get you more details on that documentary-type project uh, when I get a chance to. If there's a finished product, I will deliver to you. I can guarantee that. There'll be more information for that to come. If you guys want to donate to the podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. There's two forms of options. There's two options to donate there. Um, if you have any questions and concerns, you can also contact me through there. Po- also, positivesarcasmoutlook.com. You can also contact me through all my social media if you need to. Facebook.com slash positivesarcasm. Twitter at POS sarcasm. Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. Okay, there's also a new video up on that on that part. You can check me out there. YouTube, Positive Sarcasm, check me out there. Like, subscribe, share, 
do all that. Um, and if you're a bodybuilder looking for posing music, hit me up at positivesarcasm.com. There's a posing music section of some of my samples that I've done. The article archive is there. You can go through everything from the very beginning up until right at this very moment. I appreciate you guys watching, supporting, and listening. I will talk to you all next week. Hit me up directly if you need anything. Thank you for everybody who's on Twitch subscribing and viewing. Um, we'll be back next week. Until next time, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.